0: Morning, partner. What do we got today, Gray? 25-year-old Caucasian female, Tracy Calloway. Same as the other? Same as the others. Bloody hell. Join homicide detectives Dean Tidwell and Grayson Copeland as they delve into the darkness that their city welcomes with open arms. As they search for a serial killer known only as the Gray-Eyed Man, From slaughtering his next victim, they put their jobs, families, and lives in jeopardy, only to learn there's more than one. Read it all in David K. Montoya's book, Through the Eyes of Madness, available at mythmart.com and where books are found. This book is not for the faint of heart. Consider yourself warned. now enjoy this free jayzo modcast show carry on my way there'll be peace when you are done
1: lay your weary head to rest
0: don't you cry don't you cry interrupt this Star Wars marathon to bring you Lupus Bits. Hey, everybody. It has been about a minute. Um, I am back. This is episode 124. And yes, I am interrupting my Star Wars marathon to podcast. Um, it is, I am podcasting on May 4th. You'll get this May 5th. But, uh, Yeah, it's Star Wars Day. I am wearing my uh, Darth Vader and uh, Stormtrooper, Darth Vader choking Stormtrooper T-shirt. I went out today. I was wearing my Star Wars jacket that my absolutely amazing boyfriend bought for me. It's so cool. I love it. Um, and I actually had my uh, Star Wars affection called into question, which I'll get into in a minute. First, yeah, it's been a month, and I have kind of forgotten the format of how things are supposed to go. So let me backtrack a little bit and bring you some housekeeping. So April saw the release of uh, Michael McGee's book, The Angel of Darkness, and holy moly, it is doing so well. It is very popular. Um, I was checking. It's the, one of the number one sellers right now on MythMart. And I was checking on Amazon because it'll tell you where it is. And it is in the top 100 in two categories. So it is well worth the, bu- the buy. It is an excellent book. It's very entertaining. If you like Stories that are cross Pantheon. This will definitely tickle your Norse Egyptian Christianity funny bone. You will thoroughly enjoy it. I know I did, and I had to edit it. Um, and it saw April saw me return to the Great White North. Um, ow. Scratching. Sorry. I am back at what is affectionately called my pretty storage. Uh, I'm here for a while. And then the end of May, I'm taking a trip to New Brunswick for a week. But we are essentially back home. um, And it has done nothing but rain. I left the land of perpetual sun for rain. I'm not impressed. And it rained when I got to Florida. It was raining when I got to Florida to pick up mom and bring her back. Um, So, yeah, it kind of sucks. So now that we're in May, there are quite a few, at least three, big events that are happening this month. Uh, May is going to see the release of our first children's book since we put out... um, The Missing Unicorn in the Land of the Zombie Fairies by David K. Montoya. Uh, This one is called The Neighbour by Tim Law. And it is coming out on May 9th. And it is a wonderfully twisty little tale about a very nosy 10-year-old that peeks over the neighbor's fence to see what's kind of going on in their backyard, you know, like 10-year-olds do. And finds themselves in this remarkable world, the land of giants and trolls and rock people and teeny tiny lions um, and demons. And there's a demon. I will warn you, there is a demon, but it is a wonderfully woven tale that even as an adult, I was kind of like, okay, what's happening next? What's happening next? And I would have to go back and edit, re-edit paragraphs because I would get sucked into the story. So I would just be kind of reading along. Oh, no, no, I'm supposed to be editing this. And I'd have to go back and, you know, edit it. But it is a wonderful tale. And now, if you listen to any of our podcasts on our network, Uh, More than likely, if you're a contributor to the World of Myth magazine, you know who Mr. Tim Law is. He is our frequent flyer on the magazine. (laughs) He's always giving us something. He has put, right now he's doing a children's series in children's lit, if you've been following along, about Bee and Bull and Fox and Dove and all of them. And he's also doing Patra's Tale in fantasy. That's another series that he's doing. But he is also the, the host of MythBits. Remember that show I started way back when? He is now the host of MythBits. Myth and he podcasts from Australia. That's where he lives. So if you have any connection or have been around any of the um, subsidiaries of the Jaysamon Dark Myth Company, you know who Tim is. Tim's been around, he's been involved, and it is my distinct pleasure to be able to publish one of his wonderful books because he really is a very creative, very imaginative writer, and The Neighbor just encompasses all of that but in a tale that you can tell your kids. One that adults will enjoy, but the kids will just eat it up. Um, It was being read the other day by an 11 year old, by Zoe Montoya, actually. And she just got sucked right in. (laughs) She's reading along. She's like, Oh, and she's laughing at the parts you're supposed to laugh at. And she's like, this is really interesting. I'm going to read this. And it just pulled her right in. It was great. So great. And, uh, so that's coming out May 9th, May 8th. There are two major events happening on May 8th. Now, the first one, it's kind of a minor event. I mean, it's not, it's probably not something that he wants to, to mark because, you know, getting closer to 50. Um, (laughs) it is David K. Montoya's birthday. On May 8th. So remember everybody. You've got to get on his wall. Show him some love. Send him some DMs. Send him some messages. Let him know how much he means to us. And he is turning. I'm not sure if he wants me to tell his age or not. But I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) He's turning 46. So he's still in his 40s. He's still a baby. You know he's a youngin. He's got that that cute skin. He's sticking his tongue out at me. Yes, I am podcasting with my live studio audience. We are back to live studio audience again, um, but it's not actually here with me like it was. And the second big thing that happens to also be happening on his birthday on May eighth is. Finally, after a big kerfuffle in January, um, that editor was fired. (laughs) Walked? Did the Walk of Shame head hung down. Um, Not sure what happened, but we have replaced her. Beat her senseless and have replaced her. (laughs) Yes, it was me. I screwed up. Anyway, so it is the (laughs) re-release. Because it was already released and we yanked it off and put it back out again um, after much fine tuning uh, is his epic novel Through the Eyes of Madness. Now, if you have been contributing or listening to um, the World of Myth magazine review every month, uh, this book has been, okay, it's been five years in the making. It took five years to get this book written. It started out as a serial on the World of Myth magazine. And every month he would put in a new installment and a new installment. And I think before I came on the scene four years ago and took over as editor, or five years ago, he had started it before I came along. And he was thinking about wrapping it up or just leaving it, one of the two. And I, every month I'm like, okay, I need more. I need more. I want more. And Mike Lutz, who was the managing editor before me, um, he was pushing for more. You know, this is good, dude. I want more. I want more. How far can you take this? And um, here we are. A finished novel that clocked in at... Between 90 and 110,000 words. I can't remember exactly what the word count was, but it's big. And it, okay, first I'm going to tell you so you can't come at me later and say you didn't know. This is not for the faint of heart, (laughs) okay? This has some scenes in it that could be triggering for some people, but if you are dealing with your trauma, then you will be able to read it as such. It's it's a book. It's a story. Um, you all know some of my history, and it was very difficult at times for me to edit parts of this story because they are very graphic and they are very brutal. But I am also a huge Jack the Ripper fan, so to see the Jack the Ripper legend the 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 iconic tale of the killer and his victims completely told in a new way in a different kind of way like he didn't change the the basics of the jack jack the ripper legend it's still jack the ripper it's still mary kelly it's still all of the other women um it's just a different twist it's modern day okay modern day (laughs) so yeah you figure that one out um it is an incredibly twisted but very in-depth and well thought out crime novel like, if you love crime stories, if you love action and suspense, this book has it. If you like horror, it's got that, too. Like I said, the kills are pretty brutal. This, But then again, you have to keep in mind that this book was written by a horror lover. Somebody who loves to watch slasher horror. Favorite character, Freddy Krueger. So you know the kills are going to be graphic. Now, with the Jack the Ripper legend, those kills were graphic enough all on their own. Okay? They didn't need any embellishments. They didn't need any um, anything added to it to make them brutal. The really cool part about this story is Jack's not the only one. They originally start out hunting the gray-eyed man. And you spend, I i kid you not, the minute that you hear of the gray eyed man and his first kill, you spend the rest of the book going, wait a minute. And then when you find out at the end of the book who it is, I will guarantee you, you will go back and reread that book and go, oh, my God, it's right there, right in front of you. All the clues. And some of them slap you right in the face. They're so blatant. It's it's like they're just there. And that's how did I not see that? How did I not piece that together? It took me until I think it was about three chapters before the end of the story. When I was 99% sure I knew who did it. And I told Dave, okay, this is who I think who did it and he just smiled at me didn't say anything gave me that poker face and then he gave me the last three chapters and I'm like yes i knew it <laughs> i was vindicated i knew it and then he wanted to know how i knew so then i had to tell him the clues that i actually did pick up because if you're paying attention you will pick up the clues and but you won't be able to piece it together right away because you need each piece to make the complete puzzle or at least most of the complete puzzle So that is also coming out on May 8th and it is available at Myth Mart and where books are sold, you know, the other place. (laughs) I don't promote the other place because I don't work for the other place. I promote Myth Mart because Myth Mart treats their authors with respect and with the dignity and the recognition that they deserve. When you get a royalty from Amazon, 95% of that is taken by Amazon. So you're getting pennies, basically. With us, with, with MythMart, you're getting a larger portion of the royalty. So you're getting closer to what you deserve for writing a great book. Anyway, so yeah, those are what's happening In May, um, I'm back from vacation, as you can see, or here at least. And I needed, I think, well, I don't think, I know. I was told by several people, you need to just go away. (laughs) You need to just not for about a month. They wanted me to take two. um, And even the month was difficult. I was still working in the background. I just wasn't in the foreground. I wasn't holding myself responsible for every single email, for every single message, for every single decision. And in that month, um, Dave was brought back as co-CEO so that we're now chairing the responsibility together because I don't know crap about business. I am a good worker bee. Tell me what I need to do. I will go do it. Put me in charge of a department. I will deal with it. I am not runner of company material. I am worker B material. I am right hand man material. Not the man. <laughs> Don't want it. Woman. Woman. And yes, that is a snarky comment towards the whole battle that's being raged right now. Between the women and the trans women. I'll get into that later, possibly. It's still I get very angry. So yes, that's what's happening. Those are the three major events for the company that are happening in May. Um, but yeah, I needed to take that vacation. I needed to to not shirk my duties but not be held responsible for them. If I didn't want to do that, I could hand it off to somebody else if I wanted to, which I don't think anybody on the board of directors realized just how absolutely difficult that is for me. That's my job. What are you doing? Don't touch it. Get away from it. I know it's been sitting there for weeks and nothing's been done, but don't touch it. It's mine. Get away. Get away. (laughs) it's it's not easy for me to let somebody else come in and do my job. So I still did my job. I still edited the books that needed to be done. I still did the marketing for the books that we were had coming out. Um, I still did all of the editing for the magazine, but I didn't have to. And I think that was the big, and I did take a month off from podcasting because if you listen to my last podcast, it was very forced. It was very, um, I struggled and I was in a very bad place mentally. Um, when I did that podcast. So it was very hard for me to fill up 45 minutes and y'all know me, I can talk for like ever. So to, be struggling for words and struggling to find something to talk about for just 45 minutes. I'm being very distracted by a butt right now. Um, And you see my brain just shut off. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, To struggle just to find anything to talk about that's when i started to realize okay i have i have a problem i need to step back i need to recharge and we actually sat down and figured out i haven't taken a vacation i haven't i mean i've taken the odd day off here and there like i haven't podcasted one week um or the magazines come out late because i needed a couple of days because i wasn't feeling great but i haven't really taken like a vacation vacation where it's been no work for a set amount of days, uh, ever. (laughs) In the history of me working for the company, ever. So it was time. It was definitely time. Um, I'm a writer. That's what I am at my core. And I haven't written anything in probably two months minimum. Not even a grocery list. I haven't written anything. I did write a recipe book. I did do that uh, before I left them on their own. I wrote down all my recipes that I I cooked. uh, But I haven't written. I haven't done anything creative. So I knew it was time. I needed to step back. I needed to regroup. And now that the magazine is on hiatus until September, uh, because we are totally revamping that, it's going to look so cool. Um, I can take some time now. Like I've got, I I was, I was actually panicking the other day Um, and I will be responding to all of the emails, but I'm like, I'm watching the date and I'm like, okay, I've got a couple of more days and then I got to get the member of the month out. And I should actually start categorizing these stories because the cutoff is the 15th. and I I, I had to stop because I was getting myself so worked up and so stressed over um, the cutoff date, making sure because we have a lot of submissions coming in. And I had to stop and sit back and go, whoa, wait a minute. None of these are going out next month. These are all going out in September. What I need to do is sit down and email all of these contributors. Now, some of these people actually have listened to Tim's podcast and know that the magazine is on hiatus until September. And they have put in the subject line, Submission for September. So, those people know it's not going until September. But there are a few others that I don't think listen in really well or... or don't have time or aren't aware, they don't see it on social media or whatever, that I need to email and say, okay, thank you for your submission. I would like to put this in our September issue. This is why it's not going in until September, yada, yada, yada. I got to write up a form, like a a standard response that I can just cut and paste into everybody's emails. I don't have to write it out every time because I'm efficient that way. I call it efficiency, some call it laziness, whatever. It works. So I t- I've taken my vacation. Now, in that month of April, too, I had a lot going on. I was coming back to Canada. I had to go to Florida and pick up my mom. um, And then I was coming back here. And I was I was leaving a big chunk of myself, a big part of my heart back there. So I was kind of emotional the month of April. <laughs> So it's probably a godsend that I I took the month off from podcasting. Or all you would have gone, I would have been just like a blubbery mess every week. And the closer it got to me coming home, the worse it would have gotten. I can tell you that for a fact, because I was a blubbery mess podcaster. Not <laughs> this is just my outlet to be the blubbery mess that I am. Um. So yeah, I'm home. And it was crazy because I left when when I left California, it was raining. When I left, it was actually I believe it was it was it raining. Was it raining when I left? No, I think when I flew out, it was sunny the day it rained the day before. But the day that I left, I mean, we left the house at dark. (laughs) It was dark. Poor Annie. He's like, "What do you mean we're getting out of bed at three o'clock in the morning?" No, this is when I roll over. <laughs> I don't get out of bed. Um, yeah, we took him with us. So yeah, we left it dark, and my my flight left at 7:50. 50 <sighs> Ooh, there's a real Canadian sneeze for you. Um, my allergies are just like I've already been through spring. I did spring already in Cali. I did spring we were heading into summer, and now I'm doing spring again. (laughs) Like, what the hell? So I can't breathe half the time. My ears are plugged up. My nose is plugged up. My lungs are burning. My eyes are burning. I don't know if I'm sick or I'm, I'm just allergic. But anyway, bless you me, as my friend's daughter would say when she was little so i left cali i flew out it was sunny landed in florida and it was sunny it was 80 degrees it was great i thought awesome i'm used i left this house that was set at 68 degrees great get the car turn the ac on it's beautiful get to my mom's trailer now i have to remember that my mom is 71 years old i also have to remember that my mom has been part lizard my entire life. She is always cold. Always. So I get to the trailer and she's telling me on the drive, yeah, look, I have the air conditioning on during the day and then it cools down at night. So then I, I turn it off and I open the windows and there's like a nice breeze. And I'm like, okay, cool. I can deal with that. I like air. I'm good with air. And I'm, I'm, reconciling in my head that I've just left this air turbine fan that sounds like a jet engine. And when it's clean and on full, it will pretty much plaster your hair back. You'll look like you've got your head hanging out the window. It's great. I love that fan. And I was going to a little heater that had a fan capability that barely blew air. As long as I could feel something on my face, I was going to survive because menopause is a bitch. Not going to lie. Having some hot flashes. I am taking, um, natural, uh, like black cohosh and stuff like that to kind of help. And it is alleviating a lot of the symptoms. It's great. But yeah, menopause is a bitch. Anyway. So I'm thinking, okay, you know, she's got the AC on all day. And then the sun goes down and she turns it off. It's not going to be too bad. We walk into the trailer. And now, remember, it's 80 degrees outside. We walk into the trailer and I look at my mom and I went, did you forget to turn the AC on when you left? And she's like, oh, no, it's set for 80 degrees. And they what now? Oh, it's, I got it set for 80 degrees. Woman, what is wrong with you? It's 80 degrees outside. Why don't you just open the windows? At least you'd have a breeze. She has the AC set for 80 degrees. She is in a tin can with big windows in the direct sunlight. And she has her AC set for 80 degrees. I thought I was going to die. Or at least melt. I'm pretty sure I lost about three pounds in sweat on that first day yeah not fun and then uh, because we drove out I landed on the 23rd we drove out the 27th so I had like a day or two to kind of you know <laughs> sorry I don't know what I don't know what my live studio audience was doing what he looked like he was doing like a I don't know, Californian two steps. <laughs> He's just shaking his one leg. <laughs> Somebody's scratching him behind the ear, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, oh my God, I can't see. I'm crying. <laughs> okay, so I had a couple of days. The first day, Mom's like, we have to go to Walmart. I need food. We have to go to the Winn Dixie. So we went to the Winn Dixie. And they didn't have everything that she wanted. So then we went to the Walmart. And it's kind of funny. She's been driving herself around for six months. She drove from the airport because I was stupid tired. I didn't get finished packing everything and settled until midnight. We got up at 3.30. I think I went to sleep at 2.45. And was awake before the alarm. So I was stupid tired. There is no way that I could have safely have driven. I could have driven us home, but there's no way I could have safely driven us back to the house. So I just noticed something really interesting about this. Why is it recording it twice? Anyway, I don't know. That's not my job. <laughs> Dave can figure it out when he gets it. Um. So, we get up the next day, and she's like, we need to go. I'm like, okay, fine. So, we get dressed, and I'm like, it's hot. And then I remembered, I left all of my shorts and my tank tops at my mom's. <laughs> that was pretty much like, that was like the first thing. As soon as we got back to the trailer, it, I was stripping my clothes off and throwing on my little spandex, um, tie-dyed bicycle shorts, which still fit me, Yay. And a tank top that I had, which still fit me, yay, Um, because it was hot, and I'm fat now, so I was super hot. Uh, So we get into, we go, we get dressed. Now, I've got to wear nice clothes to the Walmart, because that's just who I am. i got to look decent. I can't go in, you know, whatever. I have to look kind of decent. So I put my capris on, and I put my nice tank top on, and I realized that I have no shoes. Um, I have my black leather slip-ons or my running shoes. Um, Oh, no. (laughs) Hmm. So my goal was to find flip-flops or sandals or something. So we didn't find any flip-flops at Walmart. So we stopped at the Dollar Tree, and I got some dollar 25 flip flip-flops. You know, the ones that have the thing that go between the toe. I thought, all right, I'll survive. I put them on, walked around in them for about a minute and a half, and went, nope, this is not going to do it for me. So I decided the next day we're going to the Family Dollar. Now, you have to remember, this is the same Family Dollar that hosted Florida man and Florida woman that made my one podcast, the biggest podcast episode on the entire network. This was that family dollar. So I was heading off to that family dollar with great expectations and the hopes that I may see Florida man and Florida woman. Cause you know, <laughs> um, it was very, well, no, I cannot say that it was uneventful. It was not uneventful. I found Crocs. Yay! tide dyed Crocs. I am so happy. Um, And I know I'm going to get ragged on by Mish, but whatever. I love my Crocs. You can kiss my lily white patootie. Um, and I got I had another pair of sandals. What did I do with them? Oh, I got some really nice tie-dyed sandals. (laughs) They're pinks to purples, and they look really cool. I really like them. Um, And I got two more pairs of shorts. So I'm covered. And I get up to the cash, and there's this woman. Now, there's a woman in front of me, and then there's a woman at the cash. And there's two cashiers there. And um, one looks like they come with pronouns. I didn't ask. So the woman that is at the the counter, she's getting her Coors Light. And she's complaining loudly about the Bud Light commercials. Now, this is a woman. She's obviously a professional. She's wearing scrubs. Um, you know, she's just getting off work. And <laughs> she's like, yeah. So she's complaining about um the the new spokesperson for Bud Light. And she actually I might get some hate mail for this. Oh, that was a cute little dance. What's the matter? Um I might get some hate mail for this. Oh, I'm gonna find out what's wrong. Hold on. We had a, we had a I he stomped his foot. Uh, oh no. Oh no. Oh, okay. So somebody's angry. Um, we're just going to carry on and let him vent his anger. He's now has me watching the ceiling so I can't see him get mad anymore. Um, he's building something and it uh collapsed. And it was not supposed to do that. So I I feel his pain. I really do. I feel his frustration. Uh okay, where was I? I anyway, remember now. What are they talking about? Um. Oh right. Okay. So anyway, this 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 nurse is is She's not going off on the cashier, but she's kind of venting her frustration. And she said something that kind of struck me. The new spokesperson for Bud Light wants to be called a woman. They're transgendered. Fine. I have no problem. And I'm going to put that out there right now. Do not come at me and call me homophobic. Do not come at me and call me transphobic because I am not. I am just an angry woman. Okay, so she said something that kind of struck me, and what she said was, if this person wants to be called a woman, why did they have to spend 365 days learning how to be a woman? If they want us to look at this person as a real woman why did they have to spend 365 days learning how to be one? And it kind of made me go, okay, you have a point. And my problem is not with, we got into this, this discussion about it, and um, I was voicing my opinions, and they were voicing their opinions, and... We were all biological women kind of getting a little grumbly at the fact that our identity, our biology is trying to be erased. It's trying to be eradicated. It's trying to be sectioned into a spectrum. I might be on a lot of spectrums. But gender's not one of them. Biologically female. That's what I am. It's what I was born as. It's what I'm going to die as. If you want to transition and become a transitional female, transitional woman, fine. But that's what you're doing. That's why you are called transgendered. You are transitioning from one gender to another. And you will be transitioning your entire life. You have to take the hormone replacement your entire life. No questions. That's how it is. And they're all... You you call a trans person a trans... You call a trans woman. Because the trans men... They're they're kind of coming out in our defense, going whoa 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 wait a minute. And there's this one gentleman on TikTok that he was very angry that he had to come out of his identity and 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 how he lived his life every day as a transgendered man. And say, well, you know what? I will always be biologically female. I can't change that. That is what I am. I live my life as a male, as a man. Because that's what I'm comfortable with. So I don't have problems with people being transgendered. I don't care. I'm Gen X. We don't care about, we care about very little, to be be honest. Gender's not one of the things that we care about. Whatever. We grew up with Boy George, and we grew up with RuPaul, and drag queens galore. Gender's not a thing for us. We don't care. Really, we don't. Um, The problem I have is all the transgendered people, they don't want to be labeled anymore. They don't want all these labels. Okay, fine. You don't want to be labeled. Whatever. Great. Then stop shoving labels down my throat. I never asked for a label. I never asked for any of this battle. I didn't start this war. I was very quietly living my life, doing my thing. Over here, happily female for the most part, because some days I will tell you it sucks being a girl, but you want to label me, you want to call me sis, you want to call me chest feeder, womb carrier, birth giver. Now, I have a question for you. If you are not a chest feeder, if you are not a birth giver, or a womb carrier, what does that make you? Broken? Is that the label that we're going to carry? Does it make us any less of a woman? No, we're still women. We're still women. But I don't want to be called a chest feeder because I am so much more than that. I'm a mom. My boobs do not define my motherhood. The fact that I gave birth does not define my motherhood. I'm a mom. That's just part of it. That's how I became a mom. That's how I sustained my children. But that is not who I am. And I get it. They don't want to be defined by trans. Fine. Stop trying to define us. We never ask to be defined. We know what we are. We have no problems with what we are. We are very clear in our brains what we are. We are women. You're the one that has the problem with the labels. And that is my argument. I'm not a TERF. I'm not transphobic. I'm tired of being labeled. When I never asked for it. I don't label you. If you want to be called her. Fine. I'll call you her. Whatever. It was. I I had a few rough months. When my friend transitioned from male to female. But eventually. You know. It became habit. And I. Called Veronica her. Instead of him. Started calling her Veronica. Instead of (laughs) Frazier. You know. But. It didn't bother me. I didn't care. I thought she made a beautiful woman. She looked far better as a woman than she did a man. Um, my point is that women have always kind of been very quiet in the whole LGBTQ battles. We've been supportive, um, especially the straight women, the heterosexual women. We have been very supportive of our gay friends. We have been very supportive of our trans friends. And now you're coming at us. You're attacking us. The one group of people who have stood by you unquestioningly, unquestioningly, the group of people that you looked to to learn how to be a trans female. Because you weren't watching Denzel Washington. You weren't watching. Keanu Reeves in a suit to learn how to be a woman. You were watching your mamas. You were watching your aunts, your sisters, your girlfriends to learn how to act, how to move, how to speak, how to walk, how to carry yourself. As a woman, you were looking to women and we stood by you. Offered advice, held you when you cried, when the hormones from the hormone therapy became way too much for you to handle. We talked you through it because guess what? We were there when we were 12. We went through it. And now you want to come at us. Okay. You're coming after the women who have created life in their bodies and expelled that life from their bodies and raised that life. Uh Uh-huh. You want to come after them? Okay. You want to come after the group that have fought tooth and nail for pretty much their entire existence to just be treated with equality and respect. You want to come after them and make them treat you with equality and respect by tagging us with labels we never asked for. Oh, you better get ready to throw down because it's going to be a battle. Just that's that's just. Yeah, I, I will tell you now that if I am ever called. Chest feeder. Or birth giver. I don't care if I'm in a doctor's office and it's the secretary that addresses me as such. They will be told in no uncertain terms with big words because I can get very eloquent and very wordy when I am angry that I am a woman. Period. End of discussion. There is no pronoun. There is no label. There is no nothing else. Woman, female, done, period. That's it. That is all you are putting on my record. You are not putting anything else. I'm not upping my pronouns because I don't need to. I am a woman. Stop coming after me. I will defend you. I will support you. I will stand beside you till my dying breath, because that's what this country stands for. Freedom to be who you want to be, who you want to be. I'm not going to tell you you who to be, but I will defend your right to be who you want to be. But not if you're going to take away my right to be who I am. So. Okay, that's enough of that. Um, <laughs> I really didn't want to get up on my soapbox, but it's there. I I I had to stop. Um, I have several TikToks in my my drafts that are just me ranting about this ridiculousness. Um, and it's not us that made the ridiculousness. The trans community are the ones that, that had this problem. And I don't know. You can identify as just about anything you want to identify as today. I actually had contemplated at one point in time, serious contemplation. about say, I identify as an American. Does that make me one now? Do I have the rights and liberties that an American has? If I say I identify as one. I mean, people are identifying as animals and small children. So why can't I identify as an American and a Canadian? I could, I could be, you know, non-citizenship um, ish, whatever you want to call it. It's just, it's, it's, it's getting beyond ridiculous. It really is. There are, I don't know, last time, what, 97 different genders? (laughs) What? What? Uh, yeah. And if you're not sure what you are, fine. I get non-binary. Fine. You don't know what you are. Okay, fine. Be non-binary. When you figure it out, like, I I get it. There are people that, that don't feel like they're female, but don't feel like they're male either. So they don't identify with either. They just are androgynous. All right, fine. Whatever. One day you will figure it out, or one day you won't. I don't care. I don't understand it, but it's not my place to understand it. I don't need to understand it. I don't. I just, I will support it because I will support your right to be who you want to be. If you want to identify as a toaster, I will hand you a loaf of bread. I will support your right to be, to identify as what you want to identify as. But you need to show me the same respect. You need to recognize that we don't want to be labeled. We don't want cis or all of that other, the only people that better be calling me cis better be related to me. We don't want all that crap. We don't. We are not. I don't don't know. I don't know. Ugh. Anyway, so it is May 4th. May the 4th be with you. I need a little 4th in my life. <laughs> um, so I have been binging um, Star Wars. Now, I I actually had my fandom called into question today. I was at the Walmart, and... Um, Somebody's like, oh cool shirt. Do you even know what it means? What? Come here, child. (laughs) Come here. I will have you know that I have one of the very first glasses from Burger King when The Empire Strikes Back first came out in theaters. And Burger King, you know how McDonald's and Burger King always put out toys and stuff to celebrate whatever new thing, new movie, TV show, whatever. McDonald's is giving away toys now for the Masked Singer. Um, Well, they did this whole four-piece glass, like, drinking glass collection. And I had all four of them. I'll have one now. But I went to the very first movie in the theater. Now, yes, granted, that doesn't make me a fan. but. I have seen it a hundred times since then. I could probably quote that movie from start to finish. I have t-shirts because I stole them from a boyfriend who got them from his sister. I didn't have t-shirts before, but let me run down the Star Wars paraphernalia that I happen to have. I have the one existing drinking glass that is in my curio cabinet. I have a Death Star planter that is also in the curio cabinet I have a replica of the original poster for The Empire Strikes Back I have a Star Wars lunchbox okay so yeah I am a fan I have books and memorabilia and stuff I'm a fan. I'm a lightsaber, damn it. <laughs> That's new, too, though. So, But, yeah, no, don't question my fandom. I am a fan. Now, did you know? When I was a kid, there were only three movies. Four, five, and six. So you pretty much knew what order to watch them in. There was nothing else. There was four, five, and six. So if you wanted to binge Star Wars, you'd watch four, five, and six. Which was really hard to do because you had to go down to the blockbuster. You had to find all three of them, which was rare. And then you had to take the videotape, the video cassettes home. Hope your VCR didn't eat them. Because if you ran the VCR for too long, it heated up and it tended to eat the tapes. Now, there are so many movies, okay, that there is actually a chronological order to watch them in. So, you start with Star Wars episode 1, of course, The Phantom Menace. That one was released in 1999. You watch that one first, and then you watch Attack of the Clones, which is episode 2. It came out in 2002. And then you move into The Clone Wars, which came out in 2008, and there's there actually is in between The Clone Wars and Revenge, oh no. Yeah, In Between the Clone Wars and the Revenge of the Sith, there is one more in there. Um, it's kind of cartoony. But, so then you move into Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, which came out in 2005. And then, um, actually, okay, so this is kind of up for debate because they kind of almost run in the same timeline or well actually they don't obi-wan kenobi is supposed to come first it came out in 2022 and then solo which is a star wars story 20 came out in 2018 because han solo is the same age as luke and leia so in the obi-wan kenobi universe solo would still be a child so, their chronological order is a little mismatched here. So, see, fan. Solo would actually be watched after Obi-Wan Kenobi. And then you would watch um, Star Wars Rebels, which came out in 2014. And then you watch Andor, which came out in 2022. Then you watch Rogue One, which came out in 2016. And then you get to Episode Four, A New Hope which came out in 1997, or 1977, sorry, my bad, 1977, I was five, and then you watch uh, episode five, The Empire Strikes Back, which came out in 1980, and then you watch episode six, Return of the Jedi, which came out in 1983, and um, I do want to apologize, the poster that I have is actually for A New Hope, And then you go into The Mandalorian, which came out in 2019. Then you go to The Book of Boba Fett, which came out in 2021. Then Star Wars The Force Awakens, which came out in 2015. Uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi, which came out in 2017. And then Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, which came out in 2019. So you see how it's kind of all over the place. But there are so many in the Star Wars universe now to watch that it is going to take me a few days to get through them all. I can't just binge 4, 5, and 6 anymore. I'm going to watch them all. And yes, I did put myself through the abject horror that is 1, 2, and 3. And there are good parts. Granted, there are good parts. And I don't care what you say. I like Jar Jar Banks. When he numbs his tongue on the speeder at, in the first, what, just, that makes me giggle. And R2. I think if it wasn't for R2, they would be really bad. But hearing R2-D2 scream just does something for me. Just, just, it really does. It makes me laugh every, say, it's like, it's, I can't even do it. Just, it's, it. I know, I sounded like a cat being stepped on. I'm terribly sorry. Um. No, it just, it really did something. I just, I love it. It Makes me giggle. So that's the chronological order. Now, today being May the 4th, uh, was actually um, a special day. It was today. It was also the day that Carrie Fisher finally got her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And uh, Mark Hamill was there. Harrison Ford was there. And Carrie Fisher's daughter, Billy Lord, was there to stand in for her mother. Because, as we all know, our fearless princess died six years ago. So, I have watched every TikTok I could find. I've tried to find the actual ceremony, and every single one of them have made me cry. <sighs> it's just been a week for weeping for me because. Canada lost a, a, a treasured icon. Uh, Gordon Lightfoot passed away this week. Um, Sunday, I might actually take a drive to Arroya, since it's not that far, and go to St. Paul's Church, United Church and pay my respects to Gordon Lightfoot. Um, they are opening it to the public to pay their respects to him. Um, from a certain time, I can't remember what the times were, but, uh, we shall see. Cause I'm also supposed to go to Hamilton on Saturday, I think. Yeah. 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 I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. I made a few commitments that I don't remember. Um, that I might have to actually back out of because I'm not feeling great and I'm not sure what it is so if i'm contagious i don't want to like share it with anybody anyway um so yeah she got her star on the hollywood walk of fame today and they were there and her daughter billy gave this beautiful speech about how she went from being a little girl who refused adamantly refused to watch any of the Star Wars movies to being a huge fan and now is passing that love on to her children um she said that her children will never know her mother but they will be able to know pieces of her through Leia and she said that Leia has become a family legacy it is um an heirloom that is passed down in the family. And she said that she's not the only one that it's that she's not special, that she's not uncommon, that there are a lot of people that princess Leia is a big part of how they teach their daughters to be strong, to be independent, to love freely and to be, present in who you are Uh, because that's what she was to all of us when we were kids that's who Princess Leia was she was what every little girl wanted to be her and She-Ra those were mine I wanted to be either Princess Leia or She-Ra when we played Masters of the Union I was She-Ra I would fight you I may have been small but I would fight you to be She-Ra And everybody's oh, you don't have the right hair color. Really? I don't care. I want to be She-Ra. But Princess Leia taught me how to speak up for myself. How to, that I could contribute an idea to a conversation to help solve a problem. And that idea would be valued. That, that my opinions and my thoughts and my, my suggestions were just as valued as every member on that team. She taught us to be strong and to be brave. She taught us to love with an open heart and an unquestioningly, unwaveringly, unconditionally amount of love. When she found out Luke was her brother, she's like, okay, you're my brother, and I love you. No questions. I haven't known you at all my entire life, but you are my twin brother, and I love you. And when she wasn't trying to kill Han Solo, she loved him just as passionately, with just as much energy and and conviction. As she did wanting to throttle him when she was calling him a nerf herder. (laughs) So she taught us that we could be wild and and larger than life, but still be pretty and dainty and and wear these beautiful flowing dresses and cinnamon buns on the sides of our heads and look amazing because it's not. What's on you that makes you beautiful? It's how you carry yourself, how you act, how you behave, the confidence that you have in yourself. Doesn't matter if you're wearing a white flowy gown or the tan camo outfit she was wearing. When she was on Endor. Doesn't matter. It's how you are. It's 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 your confidence. She taught us so many things. And she meant so much to so many people. She was the first crush for a lot of little boys. Let me tell you. My generation. She was their first crush. Yep. <laughs> um, later in life they had pictures of like Brooke Shields. And Farrah Fawcett. And all that on their walls. But. I guarantee you that their first female poster was Princess Leia. She probably went from the white princess outfit in the poster. And as the boys got older, moved into the whole jab of the Hutt bikini outfit poster. <laughs> but she was an incredible and she wasn't just an incredible woman on screen. Like the character Leia. That she played, she was an incredible human being off screen as well, and it was so beautiful to see them lift that cardboard star. And there's her star. And um, Harrison Ford was on one side, and Mark Hamill was on the other. And I had to stop and look because Billy Lord was wearing this dress that the whole front of it was her mother as Princess Leia in the white flowy dress with the cinnamon bun buns on the side of her head. And it took me a minute, like, Oh wait, no, that's a dress. And then she sprinkled some of her mom's ashes onto that star. So her mom is literally there, literally there. (laughs) So yeah, it was, and it was so sweet watching um, Harrison Ford get choked up, talking about how it would have been nice if, the third party of their trio could have been there to see this moment and experience this moment. Um, So yeah, today was a very special day for star Wars fans because our princess got her star. She, she, she earned it over and over and over again. Um, But yeah, she got her star today and it was so fitting that they did it. And I know they did it on May 4th because it is star Wars day. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really cool. And I'm, I'm very, I'm very happy. I got a little verklempt earlier today as I was watching the videos. So I was a little, a little teary eyed. Oh, for a minute there, I thought like for a while there, I was not, I, I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to put on a sad movie, cry for the next two hours, get it out of my system because I was watching TikTok and it would be all of these videos of the, the speeches at her, her thing today, getting the star and all that, and her daughter and Harrison Ford, and then it was Gordon Lightfoot. And the TikTok from Gordon Lightfoot was that he mentions a church at the end of the Edmund Fitzgerald, and it's in Detroit, how and it's the Mariner's Church, and how they rang the bell 29 times for every soul that died on the Edmund Fitzgerald. The day Gordon Lightfoot died, they rang the bell 30 times for all 29 souls. And then, oh, see, I'm getting choked up now again. And then for him. So, like, it was kind of, that was kind of a neat experience, too, to realize that we revered Gordon Lightfoot in Canada, especially in the area that I grew up in, in Midland, Aurelia, because he was from Aurelia. He was born and raised in Aurelia. And um... oh no! Oh well, that looks good. That's promising. Okay, so we have progress. We have something that looks like a desk. Uh, We have injuries. Ooh, do we ever have injuries? Ouch! Okay, so it's a battle, but the human is working. Is winning. The human is winning. He's done for the night but the human is winning. <laughs> we cannot let the inanimate object win. My, my thing is always be 10% smarter than the object you are trying to use. So. Um, where are we sitting at? Holy crap. See, an hour already, an hour and eight minutes already. But. Gordon Lightfoot has always kind of been a big part of my childhood, a big part of my life because I grew up in the area that he was born. He grew up in this area. Um, he would come and do a concert at the Stephen Leacock house every summer. He would come any tour he ever did. He always made a point of coming home and doing a tour. He would do a concert at the Aurelia beach party. um, he was very much a big part of living in that area. So yeah, like there's been flags at half mast and there's been, you know, signs put up and flowers laid everywhere. Um, But it was really, really neat to see a lot of these videos from the U S saying how sad they were and and what an icon he was and and kind of realizing that he wasn't just ours. He didn't belong to just us. He belonged to them, too, that he made an impact on not just us. But on them as well. And. The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, I think, is the song that kind of ties both countries together because it is about both sides of that border. It happens on both sides of that border. And and it's both sides of that border that were affected by the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Not just the song, but the actual sinking of that ship. So anyway, I think I'm going to wrap it up for this week. My voice is starting to go. It's been a while since I have podcasted. Um, it's been a while since I've podcasted for this long. And uh, if you've all come back and are are here, I'm happy that you're here. Thank you very much. I appreciate y'all sticking around. Uh, I'm back. I will be back um, until I need another vacation. So expect another podcast next week, and I will let you know how things are going. I'm expecting an Amazon order, and I am expecting a Timu order. So next week could be filled with the rage of trying to figure out my new smart light bulbs. Yes, because I have four of them coming and three of them are going into my ceiling fan in my bedroom. So I don't have to keep trying to crawl across the bed and hit the chain because there's nothing worse than laying down and getting all comfortable and looking up and going, well, crap. I have to turn the light off. So and I want to put one in the lamp in the living room. Um, Yeah, so that'll be fun. Uh, And then I got stuff's going on. So. All right. Oh, excuse me. I'm starting to get the hickey-ups, hickey as my 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 youngest or my oldest boy used to say. He had the hickey-ups, and my middle boy used to call them haycups. He had haycups, but he also used to call marshmallows mushmallow Mouse. He was too cute. So I'm going to uh, wrap this up. Terribly sorry for getting up on my soapbox and ranting, and if you have any hate mail you want to send me, you can send it to lupasbits at gmail.com. <laughs> actually remembered to give you my email this time. Uh, you can find me on TikTok, Lupus Bits the TikTok. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook, Lupus Bits the Podcast. I have swag. You can buy my t-shirts. Uh, I have one t-shirt on MythMart that says, Be the kind friend and don't lick shit. Because you all know, that's my tagline. And then there's the original Lupus Bits t-shirt with my face on it. So... Go to MythMart.com, buy my swag, and always, always, always be the kind friend and don't lick shit. All right, everybody. Till next week. See ya. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest Don't you cry